Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. everybody welcome into the underground for underground sports philadelphia episode number 354 it's kb and matt coming at you from underground studios we got a lot to talk about from the phillies to the eagles to jason momoa and milk crates uh because weird news of the week is back but before we get started big thank you to our sponsors who make this show happen main auto llc ducharms pro foot security 21 security systems Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course our friends at Tomahawk Shades. Summer's still here, guys. You got to enjoy the sun while it's still out there, and you got to protect your eyes when you're doing that. So go to tomahawkshades.com, fill up your cart, get the best small batch eyewear in the game from the sunglasses to blue light glasses and everything in between that they have to offer at tomahawkshades.com. And when you go to checkout, Use our code USP to get 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. That's promo code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka is the official vodka of the underground. And Matt, the vodka soda party packs are back in stock. They are locked and loaded. Heading into football season, you guys can get the vodka soda party packs at StatesideVodka.com. When you go to check out, if you put the one liter bottles of vodka in your cart, you get 10% off those bad boys uh, with promo code USP. And you got to be 21 or older to purchase. And of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer, the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia, go to kenwoodbeer.com and use the Kenny tracker to see who has Kenwood on tap. And you got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? I'm just living the dream. We have uh, a baseball team that has no idea what they want to do. And uh, they just continue to push you out, pull you back in, and that is the definition of the 2021 Philadelphia Phillies. They are a rip current of a baseball team. Uh, they're actually pushing us out a lot more than they've been pulling us yes. in lately. They've, they've kind of just letting us go adrift four and a half games <laughs> back in the division. They do not look like they're making up ground. We had slight optimism last week. Like, oh, they could turn the series around the Diamondbacks. They get swept, swept. by the Diamondbacks. Somehow perform admirably against the Padres of all teams, but um, that is just the highlight of, of this Philadelphia Phillies team and how inconsistent they've been, I don't know, since 2013? Uh, Give or take, yeah. <laughs> this is not new. This isn't uh, breaking. This isn't something that we're only experiencing just now. It's just the way this team is, and that's because they're largely pretty average, and this is what happens when you have a collection of average talent pretty much and average direction and – it just doesn't bring you anywhere good. It, it brings you to a lot of hope, but that hope never materializes into anything actually legitimate. Yeah, and uh, they did what we said was probably not the best thing to do, and they activate the yo-yo on Alec Bowman, send him down to AAA to activate Reese Hoskins, which 
at this point, it's pretty obvious that the battery to the Philadelphia Phillies offense is Reese Hoskins, which we'll get into. But Alec Bohm sent down to AAA to get everyday playing time. It was obvious Joe Girardi was not going to be playing him just because of his defensive struggles, but there all there's rumors that the Phillies want to try him in left field, and if there's ever a, a warning white towel signal for a Phillies prospect, it's that they're going to try you in the outfield. Um, there's also rumors that he could potentially play at first base, but I don't know. The, the mismanagement of prospects has been probably in the top three of just like pull your hair out moves by the Phillies since like 2013. What little prospects we had. Yeah. And to do it with the guy who actually cracked the roster and was playing. And although he struggled, you send him back down. You don't know what that's going to do to his confidence. And now, uh, we wait and see when Alec Bohm comes back, probably in September, but not a good sign that you're sending your highly touted third base prospect down to the minors because he can't play third base defensively. No, I think it's fine, actually. I think it's, it's actually the sign of a healthy organization. You know, most organizations uh, in late August decide to just revamp their entire front office and how it's yeah. operating. Uh, that I've always said that the best teams in baseball – just decide that their two assistant general managers are better off in consultant roles. What is it with the Phillies? And every time they fire someone, they still give them a job yep. within the team. That Why drives that? me <laughs> up a wall. What is that? Matt Clintac's still here. Yeah, that, that's what I don't get. Is like constantly with these people, we're like, all right, you're not good enough for your job anymore. We're just going to pay you to just do something else. Dot, dot, dot. Matt Clintac, you can get the mail for Dave Dombrowski every day. And you know what? I think Dave Dombrowski and John Middleton probably still believe in actual like physical mail. They don't believe yeah. in like the Yeah, I will say this, Dave Dombrowski though, like if this is his doing, which it seems to be like by mm-hmm. his direction, this this is good. This is actually like we kid, but this is a step in the right direction because we've complained now for the last two years that we really wasted the tanking years of this team where you were trying to draft and collect guys that could help you and, and build towards the future we really wasted that time and we have nothing really to show for it. the cupboard is pretty bare still and it's not like we have anything even in the pipeline now and you know you talked a lot about how we had a pretty good draft and you know like at least in terms of like okay like we're trying mm-hmm. this, this was a, a different uh, a break from the mold from where we had typically been with this Phillies like in, in the last few years so I guess that's a good thing, you know, like if you're looking for silver linings about the Phillies this year is that they're at least reassessing how their front office structure works, but it's just embarrassing and hilarious that you're sitting in late August. It's like, oh, well, I guess now we should figure this out. Like after you've already committed hundreds of millions of dollars to like star players that you're, you were hoping would bring you, you know, beyond the brink and into playoff contention. Now, again, you're still four and a half games back in your division. No shot of a wild card whatsoever. And now you decide is the time to move on from some, some people within your front office. But you're still going to keep them around for whatever dumb reason. Well, what's wild is if the Phillies would have just beaten the Diamondbacks, they'd be even more so in the wild card chase. And they'd right, probably right. still be in first place because every team ahead of them has just continued to lose games except for the Braves. I don't think the Braves will ever lose another game as long as we live. So that they, they dropped their last two against the Yankees, but they've been on a nine-game winning streak. Yeah. So, you know, that's cool. The um, Braves had not been over 500 all season long until August 5th. They were 55-54 and 54 and have now gone on a run. They're 68-58 now? Yeah. 
Yeah, 68 and 58 now, 10 games over 500. Good for them. Because uh, you know what? They have a competent team and they, they have a talented team. I wouldn't say they have a very great front office. And they're, they're doing it without Ronald Acuna Jr. Right. Um, <laughs> it's frustrating because, you know, now listen. If you want to be super positive, if you want to, if you want to be the sucker that's walking to on the boardwalk in AC, and realizes they have twenty bucks left, and instead of just going home and taking your loss, you're gonna turn around and go back in the casino and put it all in black. You could say to yourself, "Hey, the Braves have the Dodgers and Padres for the next like week and a half. Yep, we could be right back in this thing by Labor Day, baby. If that's you really the- want to be a psycho, if you want to be a psycho." and turn yourself around and walk back in Caesars, you feel free. I think that's what the crypto illegal investor people call buying the dip. <laughs> you buy the dip, baby. And the Phillies have been dipping for some time now. Yeah. I think the biggest highlight of the Phillies over the last like week or so, outside of you know somehow beating the Padres, uh, two out of three was uh, the homie Giovanni throwing out the first pitch and just being absolutely electric. So. Shout out to Gio for throwing the if first the pitch. If the Phillies were an NFT, they would be like an old meme. Like they would be yeah. like one of those like memes that had like the boilerplate like words over it, like bad luck Brian or something. Yeah, like that's bad how luck Brian was exactly they, who I was thinking just, of. They're just outdated and useless and locked in time to a certain like very specific period of history. Yes, it's sad. <laughs> it's sad. It's sad where they are again, just directionless, and that we're. Again, going into September again without really any feeling for this team going somewhere positive. And just feels like every year we kind of have the same patterns. And now, you know, like it's just you constantly end the season with more question marks than when you started yep. with. Because now now the question is, is, I think, even much more existential about the Phillies because it's it's it seems a lot more systemic than it, it ever has before. And that's because as time passes, you realize it's not just Gabe Kapler, right? It's not just like the issues with with some of the uh, the front office people. It's not just the issues with John. Like it's all of these things combined. And um, now you have this entire question of, of where do you even go from here? What do you what do you do now? <laughs> like now you have questions about Aaron Nola. Now you have questions about Alec Bohm, one of the guys that you at least thought you drafted right and did well with. You have questions about Reese even. Like, you, you don't know what you're going to do with guys like Gene, right? You don't know what Andrew McCutcheon's long-term future is like. Like, that's half your lineup that you Didi just... Didi Gregorius. You don't know what's going to happen with Didi. Like, that's, again, half your lineup that we're talking about right now. That in the next year, you're going to have to make, like... You still don't have a center fielder. That you're going to have to make serious decisions about. And, you know, obviously there's, there's guys in free agency this year, but it's not like you can just blow tons and tons of money on them. And it, there's no guarantee that they even want to come here. Because the longer you be this middling team the less attractive you are already. The Phillies are not, you know, have not historically been like big free agent getters. You know, they've been aggressive at times and they've gone out and got guys a lot of times in trade, but I, I just, I, you're not the Dodgers. You're yeah. not going to be able to just convince guys no matter what to always come here. You do not have that kind of pool, especially when you're not a very competitive team right now. It also always blows my mind to remember that there's a violent high school alum in the Phillies baseball operations. Dana Parks getting mentioned in the uh, the press release of all the shakeups. The fact that we have somebody that we went to high school with in this baseball ops department. One, Dana, come on the podcast. Two, <laughs> what can we do to help you figure this thing out? Because, like you said, just the shakeup now is such a weird time to do it. You're you're trying to cling on to the last bit of hope of a playoff run. 
And the the scary part about the shakeup now, I texted uh, Jack Fritz about that. I was like, what do you, how do you feel about these moves? And he said, it all depends on who they hire and who they fire. If they fire the, the data people, it'll be a disaster. Which I agree with because for the most part, the guys that are down on the farm that they've drafted over the past couple of years and guys that we've seen that it almost felt like there was no hope for them, they're starting to turn a corner now. Like the Cornelius Randolphs and like you see Mickey Moniak, you know, doing his thing at AAA and it's like, why is he not getting a chance? And we're calling up Jorge Bonifacio to play center field. Um, now you, you got to let just Gene go out there and figure it, figure it out. <laughs> That's what you got to do instead. You got to let, let Gene Zagura, future of the Philadelphia Phillies, just figure it out. We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It is one of those things where, like, yes, could you get more, you know, traditional guys in to be a mix? And I you gotta, hope that's you gotta, what they got to let Freddie Galvis start tonight, Kyle. He might he's be. Been, even though he's absolute, been absolute garbage. Like, I love Freddie Galvis. We all do. I don't even think he's played for us yet. If 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 Freddie Galvis was any other player, if you just, like, did one of those, like, Twitter polls where it's, like, player A versus player B, people would never in a million years choose Freddie Galvis as like oh like you're champion but just for whatever reason i guess because he's happy to be in philadelphia that's it that's like the entire reason why people like are all over themselves for freddie galvis and seeing him play and it's like that's where we are now though like we are happy to have someone back that we shipped off gladly that bounced around the league like freddie galvis is not an amazing player he just isn't i'll say he's good defensively and that's the the biggest issue with this team being an average defender on this team means you are great defensively <laughs> and again like but that's that's it like the the baseline for you is, is for the phillies is so low and that's what that's that's the problem is we, we get excited about these guys and for what and, and it's weird too because you know we were we were happy to have like joe girardi come in because felt like all right like this is a a manager that makes sense but the issue is is like he has not been a guy that has been interested in playing young players and has kind of just continued the path which i think again has to just be from the organization's belief of of putting guys and and yo-yoing guys either in between the lineup or in between minors very frequently like more frequently it feels than a lot of other teams do and we've we've heard from that about you know when when Gabe Kapler did that like that it, it really hurt people's confidence and and was a, a thing for people to kind of have to work through and it's continued now under Joe Girardi which is bizarre and I just the whole direction of the Phillies is is a gigantic mystery to everyone and I I don't know what we're doing I don't know what the future is here there's 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 no clear plan there's no outline that you can look at it like all right well you know like at least we're going towards somewhere like i'd rather be blowing it up because it's like all right like now now we know what we're doing like right now you cannot tell me that the phillies have any clear direction because they don't because they're an average team 
that's not building towards the future in any convincing way. Besides, I don't know, maybe Bryce is an ultra MVP next year. <laughs> like, like maybe he starts doing like Otani stuff. I don't starts know. pitching. Yeah, like that. But that's seriously like outside of like asking for gigantic leaps for Zach Wheeler to become like you know the best pitcher in baseball as opposed to like one of the best three. Like that's what you're asking now, and even then, that doesn't move the needle. I and just... and that's the thing with this team too is like they'll be on point with like two facets of the game. Like the other day when Aaron Nola pit, like he had a perfect game through six innings, and the defense was there for most of the game. The offense was there. They gave Aaron Nola run support, and then the defense falters, and that's why they lose. Or they'll come out. The pitching's not there, but the offense is on point. But the other team is is you know able to out hit them. Or defensively, they're just an unmitigated disaster waiting to happen. Everything about them is a disaster waiting to happen. The that's Phillies, true. the Phillies' resting state is a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> There's this uh this like ghost thing. It's called the uh, the Divic box, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, like every person that opens it is supposed to be like cursed. There's like a demon. That is the Phillies. Yeah. And that is every April we open the Divic box, hoping that we're not going to be cursed with a season of woes and losses and inconsistency. And like fools, we open this box every year, and there it is, right for us, just beating us in the face. Every year we do this to ourselves. We get excited about the Phillies, and normally they start out pretty well. And then it all falls apart. That box is Andy McPhail. <laughs> I'm sure even if he does get fired, he'll have some consulting job. Yeah, Consultant is the most made-up title I think I've ever Easily. heard of in my life. Uh, what does that mean, that you're a consultant? How do you become a consultant? What yeah. is the? Can I get paid six figures to consult somebody? What is the job requirement? What are the skills necessary that I need to learn to be a consultant? about something oh i have an mba in consulting is that just like a uh it's just a you're just an opinion person yeah i don't give advice i like people give you advice for free like anywhere you can go online and get advice from people for free opinions for free i don't think you need to pay someone i used to ask jeeves all the time yeah (laughs) jeeves great consultant google great consultant bing even dogpile I mean, you got you got the places. I I just don't get it. So much about this Phillies organization doesn't make sense, and um, we'll see. I mean, the the problem is there's no young players mm-hmm. that you're really like excited excited about. At least in that you see For the in this next year future. or two, and then from there, you know, you're depending entirely on free agency, which you're you're not even isn't even a given that guys want to come, and isn't even a given that you're going to spend that money. Yep. So. They're a mess. Um, we'll, we'll quick hit this. Stop watching Ben Simmons' workout videos. It's not worth your time. They they will keep popping up. That's that's about the only Sixers news that we have yeah. for the next like a month is uh, unless something really interesting happens. Just just mute Ben Simmons' jumper. Yeah. Mute all of those words. Mute open gym. Yeah. Mute mute. Uh, no other point guard can do this. <laughs> Mute in the bag. Yeah, in the bag. Oh, my God. Mute the emoji. Yeah. Uh, bases are loaded by, for the Phillies, by the way. So, you know, it's Dollar Dog Night as well. Some are saying this might be the most important game against the Rays they've ever had in franchise history. That's not true. I won't even entertain that thought because I tell you, I've never felt more alive in my life. Oh, trust me. It's a birthday I'll never forget. I mean. <laughs> also, did you see the... Uh... 
this is a couple the Field of Dreams game. The uh, which, by the way, super cool idea. Yes, but I had no clue that was happening until like the day of. It was supposed to happen last year, and then obviously, right. but um, <laughs> terrible, it, terrible promo for it because I did not yeah. know it was happening until the day of. I thought it was like a joke thing because I saw like a video of like a rod like walking to the field of dreams i was like what is this psycho doing now like what it's like what your is career's this? dead what are we doing is it, this is where i'm moving the timberwolves like that's <laughs> that's what i thought he was doing but um what a cool idea yeah why does baseball We're not doing do it again too next year it's happening again um i think every sport needs to do like stuff like that like yeah you know, you like have what the, they did the Winter Classic, well, the Winter, one classic of the Winter Stadium classics series. In, in, uh, they did on Lake Tahoe. Yeah, that was super sick too. Do that. Do, do, do like more. a do more. Do of a that. Sandlot game. Yeah. Do like a, a do an NFL street game. <laughs> I I saw somebody <laughs> suggest doing an, an NBA game at Rucker Park. That'd be cool. That would be awesome. Um, but the the notification that came down from like ESPN Bleacher Report is like game ends nine eight and uh most wild baseball game ever or something like that. And uh, Dan Morgan, our, our pal from Process Potables, tweeted, uh, the Phillies literally played in a World Series where a rain delay caused the game to be delayed for two days. <laughs> it's true. People do forget. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. They need to do more Field of Dreams, like, play into that. Like, people will eat that shit up. Yeah, it was cool. It's a cool idea. Why the not? The entrance just was there. Do more of it. They let they made everybody come in through the cornfields to to get into the stadium. It was really cool. More, give me more. Need it. Um, Philadelphia Eagles preseason final game this weekend on Friday against the Jets. I personally enjoy that. There's only three preseason games to overreact to. Yes. Um. The. I mean, we'll continue. So we said it last week. I still don't think enough people are talking about Devontae Smith. I got him in my fantasy draft last night. Very excited to have him on my team. But another guy that a lot of Eagles people are talking about, but I don't think the masses are talking about yet, is Quez Watkins. I've heard him on some fantasy football podcasts, so he's at least getting some more like there we go. national attention, at least from like fantasy football guys. But yeah, I don't know that you're going to... Get it from like more like NFL. People, it seems something. every pre like every practice, both yeah. preseason games, he's making some sort of big play in this offense. He he has been like the one of the guys that you've heard of. I listen like I have zero expectations for the Eagles Same. this season, and I, it's I been think great. That's, I think that's genuinely the feeling of a lot of people as well as like, and I think that's I, that's almost a good thing. Like when you're not coming in, at least for a fan and like your own like health, it's a like good to not <laughs> heap too much pressure on like a team and something you have no control over. But yeah, as far as Devonte Smith goes, back from injury, and by all accounts looks good, playing well in practice. Like that's great. Like that's <laughs> that's great. Number news. one priority. <laughs> but again, you know it's bizarre because like you hear all these other guys getting so much buzz. You hear Jamar Chase getting like slaughtered because he's like dropping passes or whatever. And well, he's also in hot water too. <laughs> right. Well. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't the Bengals wishing they took an offensive lineman that was available to them? Oh, you mean how Joe Burrow's mentioning that uh, he uh, is having uh, essentially PTSD from his injury? A little bit. And that he's constantly worried about re-injuring it, and that's uh, affecting his game. I Listen, as a Philadelphia sports fan, I can tell you, 
when uh, the guy you took number one overall starts having uh, mental issues around uh, basic parts of the game and starts getting the yips. I'm going to tell you right now, Chief, that is not good. Eject immediately. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this. This is why he's in hot oh. water. <laughs> we are not all. <laughs> we are not all in that same water. What is it with... I? Uh, you know, I'm not even going to say it. Unreal. What is it with LSU players? Yeah? This, like... I'm just saying, it feels like LSU players very frequently. I'm sure it Getting happens in a trouble. lot, but I just feel like LSU. Every year, there's an LSU guy with with something like that. That's all I'll yep. say. I do not want to say that that program itself has issues. I'm not. I'm not calling it the Florida, the new Florida. I'm all I'm simply saying is it just feels like every year there's an LSU football player is being accused some sort of hot water of some sort of crime. Yeah. Relating to beating women, which is an issue. Big Maybe it's systemic. Maybe we should be paying a little more attention to that. I don't know. That's it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I like you said, having zero expectations about this Eagles team is the healthiest thing you can do. Because then you don't get over-the-top reactions about a new coaching staff, a new quarterback, new offense, all this stuff. And you just go in and you can like thoroughly just enjoy a football season for what it is. Do you feel like the season is a free hit almost? Like, do you Easy. feel like, like, so last year, obviously you still have like the idea that Carson Wentz is like mm-hmm. good and you still have like Doug Peter, like you still have very much the same mindset that you had the last two or three years, which is, Hey, we won a Super Bowl recently. This team is so good. It's playoffs, you know, for us, like that's, that's it. But this year, like very does much feel like whatever happens, happens. Like no one's like, no one has attached themselves to pretty much any part of this team. Yes. Like, no one. Like, there's no one here that you're like, wow, like, this guy is gonna like save us, or this guy is like so important to the future. It's like I don't know. Like, everyone's here. We'll see how we'll see who works and who doesn't. Which is, I think, a good position to be in because you're at least flexible as a fan going forward about where you'd like to be. The team itself is not super flexible going forward. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think Jalen Hurts could certainly be good. We I think we laid out the case last week that like. The amount of doubt around him just blows my mind. It does to me as well because, again, it's not like he's – all right, so like Trey Lance, right? Trey Lance, a guy that didn't play very much, very similar to Carson Wentz and that he plays in this, like, off-conference thing. Same school. Same school. No – and, like, everyone's like, oh, well, you don't know how that's going to translate to the the big league, whatever. Uh, Carson Wentz did it. You know, like, he played well. Like, it's not like he had a bad time. But, like – you look at that and like the the buzz that Trey Lance gets, and I guess he hasn't played yet, mm-hmm. so it's like you have like that untapped anticipation. Anticipation, like you're you get so tired of even a player that you've only seen play four games that you're looking to the next best thing. You're like, well, this guy could be anything. He could even be Jalen Hurts. Right. Like, it's just it's bizarre to me that Jalen, who played at two very very big schools and was good in college, just gets absolutely nothing for that. I, like we're talking more about Mac Jones and Tua, right? Than Jalen Hurts. Tua who played at least with both deserves it because I think he's been like Tua and Jalen Hurts. I think are actually in very similar yeah. positions. Funnily enough, considering and I mean Mac Jones is funny too because they're all Alabama guys, but I think they're both in very similar positions. Albeit, I think took different paths. Whereas Jalen Hurts, no one expected him to be mm-hmm. on the Eagles in the first place. No one expected him. I think if you had looked at any preseason odds if you could find them for Jalen Hurts to play or start a game that wasn't because of injury like for Carson Wentz to be benched essentially 
you would have had very long odds yes. on that. Very long odds. Um, and Tua, you know, comes from a potentially, by the way, lost in all the Tua uh, fervor is that this dude suffered what 10 years ago probably is a career-ending injury. Yep. Like a hip injury that could have legitimately like at the, turn, at the turn of the millennia is probably it for him. Like he probably does not play football again. And now it's like, Oh, he's back. And he looked a little slow. And it's like, this dude is dead to them all of a sudden. So I, I think they both saw you know, like a little bit of action last year when maybe people weren't expecting them to didn't look amazing. Didn't blow the doors off, but like looked capable. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought both quarterbacks were completely capable and fine last year. I didn't see any like huge worry signs and have a lot to prove this year. And I think both of them could easily do it. <laughs> like, I think they'll do it in different ways, but I see no reason why Jalen Hurts can't be good. That doesn't mean he's going to be, but I, I've seen nothing in him that says to me, wow, this guy just does not have it. There are guys that you've seen immediately play that you think to yourself, not capable. This guy does not have it. And we've seen guys that look like Josh Allen is yep. the, I, I get he's a huge outlier, but... This was a guy whose entire knock was on him was that he wasn't accurate enough. And then, boom, takes a massive leap, and all of a sudden, he's fantastic. And he gets a massive payday. He's a John Elway regen. Like, you know, like, it's just, that's how it goes sometimes. Some guy, sometimes guys just take leaps, and I, I'm willing to believe that Jalen Hurts can take that leap. I think the only, He's got the pieces around him. I think the only worrying thing is that the Deshaun Watson haze has not lifted Ugh. at all. That's the only worry, and that's worrying for lots of reasons, yes. obviously. But that is the only thing that worries me. Whenever you hear a team with a young quarterback or an unproven quarterback, even if they're just rumored to be in for other like guys that are on the market, that is a worry because that tells me that within the organization there is not a, a, as much belief in Jalen Hurts as maybe. And I feel like this organization has like done this to themselves ever since they passed on Russell Wilson. Yeah, because there's always been the stories that have come out that like they wanted to get Russell Wilson. They thought he'd be there when they picked in the third round. He wasn't. They got Nick Foles, which ended up being, you know, uh, a pretty successful thing in the end when he came back. But ever since Russell Wilson happened, they've always been like trying to be one step ahead to get the next guy. And like, that's what it felt like when they drafted Jalen Hurts when Carson Wentz was still here. That's what it felt like when Nick Foles was brought in to back up Carson Wentz and like, they kept him here for 2018. It was like, we want to, you know, be one step ahead. And like, this team is in such a, a mode of not even being close to competing for a Super Bowl right now that, like you said, it's a free hit this year. Like, whatever happens, happens. And I think they've done a, a decent job of like having the pieces around Jalen Hurts to where he doesn't have to do too much. Like, you have the all-star running back in Miles Sanders, who, yes, you want to see him take another step forward this year, but, like, you know what he's capable of. You have three quality wide receivers that you think are going to be productive players in this offense. Plus, if Quez Watkins shows up like he has in the preseason, you have four with Quez Watkins, Travis Fulgham, Jalen Rager, and Devontae Smith. The offensive line is a veteran offensive line, which is the number one thing you'd want in front of a, a young quarterback. And then the defense, I think, has improved across the board. You know, you still have returning pieces. You brought in new guys. You also have two of the, like, one of the best tight end duos yes. in the league. <laughs> and you have, a, by the way, Jalen Hurts is a mobile quarterback yep. who can extend plays himself. Like, I just, I don't get the, um, I, I think they're a sleeper team. I really, that doesn't mean that they're going to come out and, like, be, like, 
like a, a you know a, a world a, beater, a division winning team going to play. But I think people have really that this is buying the dip. This yes. would be buying the dip here on the Eagles, I believe, because I think the football team has gotten a lot of hype because you know they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I get like he's an exciting guy. I get why there's like hype around that, but I feel like we have forgotten somehow that Ryan Fitzpatrick is like old, a walking disaster that he in himself is a Divic box, like waiting to be opened. I feel like we constantly forget that like, cause he's kind of likable and when he plays well, he's amazing. That's why he gets the Fitz magic tagline. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we forget that. And the, the Eagles have experienced Fitz magic. And then weeks later it was Fitz tragic all over. Like he has that capacity. There's a reason that he has that. There's a reason that this guy's like not had a successful long-term career. I'll arguably say Jalen Hurts is the second best quarterback in the division. Well, you only put Dak above him? I think so. I don't trust Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones is is not very good. <laughs> I, I don't I think that's maybe bold now. Not that I disagree with you, but I think that's something that could be very evident. Like in from the January. talent that we've seen from Jalen Hurts in the four games he played last year. And with the improved talent around him, I think he can he can go out and be the second best quarterback in this division. And we'll see what Dak does coming off the injury. But I think that's, on paper, I think that's reasonable. I I don't think you're I don't think that's even being like a homer necessarily to say because Daniel Jones has been awful, and Fitzpatrick's like Fitzpatrick's like entire two-faced. career has been very very inconsistent. But but Fitzpatrick could also get the bump of listen. They have a great defense. That defense is yeah. gonna be fantastic. He's got good weapons around him. All he has to do is just not lose the games, and he can, you know... Don't can, turn it over. They could win 10 games this year just yeah, off easy. the back of that alone. So, yeah, but, yeah, I, I think Jalen Hurts could certainly find himself in that conversation. I, I don't think that's crazy. I, mean, I think, again, that's something more, at the end of the year, could become more evident than right now. Because, again, people have really bought into this uh, Washington football team. As they should, because they look like a good team. Yeah. But let us, lest, we, lest we not forget, no team... Has won back-to-back division titles in this division since like I 2003, think 2004. I'd be the Watergate scandal. I <laughs> the Eagles were the last ones to do it, uh, and right now, like the Eagles' regular season win over under is six and a half. To me, I, I think you you almost go you almost go under simply because I I don't know how consistent this team can be, and we've seen them be awful last year i mean downright awful and they have a tough schedule for a last place team right. too like you drew the afc west so you're gonna have to play the chiefs you're gonna have to play the chargers you're gonna have to play the teddy bridgewater the teddy Broncos. Broncos. <laughs> you're gonna have to play the raiders like that's a tough division you're also gonna have to play all of your division twice and you play the falcons you play who else is on this schedule let's see um, do they play the whole nfc south I don't think I think it's just the last place. Okay. So we play the Falcons, the 49ers, which who knows who's going to be the quarterback that week for them. Uh the Panthers who look like a much improved team. You play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers on a short week. Uh you play the Lions, you play the Saints, and you play the Jets. Apparently apparently Jameis Winston led Saints as well. That's a kind of funny we're playing all the the quarterback controversy teams. If you threw yeah. the Bears in there too, that'd be <laughs> It's very interesting. I, you know, I just, I think this team is still in it. And we still have no clue either what, like, how good Nick Sirianni is yeah. either. I, I think he's a huge question mark. So, for me, it's it's very much a, a free hit year where 
whatever happens, you kind of make your peace with. And do you at least have, like, draft capital now to work mm-hmm. with? God, aren't we so happy we didn't trade for Jalen Ramsey? Because we probably still wouldn't have had it. Like, think about that. Yeah. Like, legitimately think about that. And that people really wanted the Eagles to trade for Jalen Ramsey and give up, what, two firsts? Something him? like that. Yeah, two or three firsts. Not, n- half of this team and its hope would be out the window <sighs> with that. Imagine that situation. That would be horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> It really would have been. Shout out Darius Slay. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for tv and movies on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network join me kb and a plethora of our hosts right here at usp breaking down all the new tv and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts We always talk about you doing best ball, Matt. I had my fantasy draft last night. Very Let's fun. Let's very funly. I've been in this league with uh, the one Mikey Ostrowski being our, our commissioner since 2013. So it's a keeper league. You get to keep three guys. My keepers were Devontae Adams, Tyler Boyd, Mark Andrews. Love it. Um, I had the third pick in the draft because I finished in ninth place. So our league is like anti-tanking. Makes sense. So if you finish in seventh place, you get the first pick, and then it kind of trickles down that way. So I had the third pick. The top three players on the board were Christian McCaffrey. He obviously goes one. And then I was waiting in the wings for who Nigel Lunsford was going to pick between Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook. I fully was expecting to end up with Alvin Kamara. Like, I thought that's where it was going to go because the quarterback situation there is a little more unknown. Right. Nigel takes Alvin Kamara, so I end up with Dalvin Cook. Wow. Second round rolls around, um, and I end up with Chris Carson with the 15th pick in the draft. So my running back duo is Dalvin Cook, Chris Carson. I get snaked in the third round for Kyler Murray, which I was very sad about. Love, love Kyler Murray. Um, so I ended up waiting on the quarterback. I go chase Claypool to add to my wide receiver core, Devontae Adams and Tyler Boyd. And then in the fourth round, I, I, I bought into the, uh, the discount double check. Oh, I, got the stack going. I huh? got the stack of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. First time I've ever had Aaron Rodgers in fantasy. So I'm very excited about that. I got Damian Harris from the Patriots as my third running back, which I was kind of skeptical feel better after the news today though I that's what i said i woke up this morning and saw sony michelle was heading out west and i was like okay we did that's, something good here instant good karma there uh i went with Devonte smith with my next pick then i went and got uh our guy will fuller suspended for the first week but i think he's gonna be hey, good baby. in that offense he didn't know it was in those pills exactly uh i got zach moss as my rb4 I went with Cole Komet as my backup tight end. I got Hot Rod Rodrigo Blankenship as my kicker. Kansas City Chiefs defense. And then my last pick in the 12th round, I got Jacoby Myers. Gotta say, good draft. And it Yahoo is, gave me a nice little B-. minus. It's just, I love the draft grades because they're so 
They do not follow any kind of order no. of decorum whatsoever. They're constant. Like, I feel like I never have any clue. And ours are so skewed because our keeper picks are the last picks in the draft. So it's like, oh, you got a steal you in got the 14th round pick. Value. That's crazy. It's so How great. did you get Devontae Adams at pick 143? <laughs> it's so You funny. must be a legend. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I'm. I'm glad to have like fantasy football back i've been i've been best balling again so i i ended in a, a money a money one last night on DraftKings. so we'll see how we'll see how it all goes it's been uh does the winner get an nft of tom brady <laughs> no no it's one of those tournament ones so after like 14 weeks or whatever then it goes like tournament style so you got to make it through last year i got burned because kyler murray i had him in a lot of those and because he had just a crappy like three weeks Ugh. leading up to that like he got injured in what like week 11 or yeah. something um just got burned so best balls i'm back i'm fully back in itching scratching drafting i like i can't stop myself i'm really trying to like be good and only draft like one a day and like not do any of the money ones till later mm-hmm. when like you know trades rosters aren't as are likely and you get like rosters locked in and injuries like that's but believe me labor day weekend godspeed to anybody who took travis atn <sighs> Rough. rough what news. a rough scene. Rough news for the Jaguars as a whole. Trevor Lawrence might quit playing football like Andrew Luck. Ah, <laughs> he's so handsome. Like, they are going to make him hate the sport of football the way that that offense runs. It's, it's weird, like... It's weird how we don't talk about Andrew Luck retiring. So, like it's, it's Two years ago yesterday. It's bizarre. It's one of the craziest sports news days i think i've ever experienced in my life because it just came out of absolutely nowhere and i feel like it just does not get any kind of discussion whatsoever i couldn't even tell you what andrew luck is up which is probably for the better he deserves mm-hmm. to like live a life in peace he doesn't have to be in the public eye but like i don't even think i could tell you what andrew luck does now and it's just like no one had, no one has talked about that i feel like it has not been talked about that one of the most promising young quarterbacks in the league just retired yeah. It was just like, yeah, I'm 29 years old. I'm done. Bizarre. Bizarre. Former bizarre, number bizarre. one pick. Just absolutely insane. Um, The Northern Trust Golf Tournament happened this past weekend, and uh, our getting the whole boys were there. And PGA Tour tweeted out a, a video here of, uh, I don't know exactly who the golfer was, but a little nice sequence here, Matt. And uh, after the putt here. <laughs> To get in the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get in the Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You can see our guys in the background of a PGA Tour video. This is the Mike Wazowski section of... <laughs> uh so shout out to our getting the whole guys they are actually live on twitter right now um so when we're done here go check them out but i think it's time to bring uh weird news of the week back matt because the internet is doing some 1.0 things some old school internet adage this milk crate challenge is one of the funniest things i've seen in a long time so what kind of cia psyop (laughs) is this exactly that's encouraging people to self-harm by climbing milk crates. 
I so I was I mentioned this to Sarah. Uh, I think last night we were like sitting down watching TV, and I was like, oh yeah, I like mentioned it offhand. She's like, what are you talking about? I had to like show her these milk crate challenges. I'm shocked she didn't know about. I'm this. shocked too. I guess she just has not been hashtag online lately. <laughs> this is some of this bizarre challenge I've ever seen in my life because I have to imagine it is very difficult to do, but also like, where does this start? We and and how like and why are people just driving to their like cities parks and putting up milk crates and and throwing everyone down? Where are they getting all of these milk crates? Is well, Walmart question. I saw is selling them for a dollar each. So yeah, and Amazon's price gouging for thirty nine ninety nine for oh. a pack of twelve. <laughs> this one was the one that blew me away, which you said you hadn't seen. She did these in high heels, and completed the milk crate challenge. You know those things where it's like, I see this a lot, like Europeans tweet about america and they're like americans eat like they have free health insurance <laughs> like americans do stuff like this acting like they have free health. like when you snap your leg in half and i saw a video of a guy doing it oh my it. god it was insane. i'm sure i'm sure a lot of people have seen it by now like is it worth it <laughs> i don't understand i just i don't know maybe I, it's just not for me i guess i'm captivated every time i see one it's so fascinating yeah like, I saw I saw a really funny joke that it's uh, Rob Deerdeck was dropping off milk crates all over America. So that ridiculousness. <laughs> you know what's funny is people always. Oh my <laughs> god. Uh, people always talk about how no one like they don't understand who watches ridiculousness. My parents love ridiculousness. That is like <laughs> their show. You know why? We as younger people are so used to seeing videos like that, like content like that. Yeah like on YouTube or like Twitter compilations and stuff like we, we grew just, up with jackass. Yeah, we've gr- yeah, exactly. We've grown up with that kind of content. Our parents never got that. They've mm-hmm. never had, and they don't have like the same, you know, they don't watch the same like things. They don't get involved in the same social media, like circles that we do. So for them, like having a TV show, that's why my mom just, loves America's funniest home videos. Right. I mean, that's what it is. It's just like, it's that just like weird Twitter. America's funniest home videos, like just a little more vulgar. I don't know. The uh the guy doing so it. So the, while... the the answer to that question, anytime you see someone on Twitter saying, "I don't know who watches ridiculous," it's our parents. Yeah, our all of our parents love ridiculousness because <laughs> they love watching people get hurt doing dumb things. Yeah, and my we mom all do. dies every time somebody gets hurt doing something on America's Funny Home Videos or on Twitter or anything. Like tears rolling down her face. This guy doing it while rolling a blunt was absolutely fascinating. It's I tell you, <laughs> that is true skill. I don't think he did this. Was this by by code? It looks shorter than the other ones. It is, but I can't quite tell. It's it's honestly four, very difficult five, to tell. Six. It looks like seven high. Wow. Well, all right then. You have my respect, sir. Carry on. He was probably getting high after. <laughs> um, I think that's something you do after you've already indulged. Actually, ah, <laughs> uh, there it is. Jason Derulo falling down the milk crate challenge. That awesome. meme. That meme is an all time. Talk about an NFT. Like, like that. Is, that is one. <laughs> yeah. Um, the milk crate challenge though. What an absolutely hilarious piece of content. Um, so shout out to everybody doing the milk crate challenge. And Matt, I don't know. Be safe doing it, please. For the love of Christ. Uh, this one's great too. I blame Mario for starting the milk crate challenge. (laughs) Um, yeah. Blame the Italians. Why don't you? (laughs) Did you uh, did you get a t- chance to take a look at the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer that absolutely blew up the internet? So I did not. The reason is I try my best 
to not watch trailers for movies I want to see because inevitably things get spoiled for you. And I get the appeal, obviously, in watching a trailer. It's a it's a teaser. It's a little trailer. It's something to get you you know get you excited about the movie. So I did not watch it because I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna see this movie. So I tried to steer clear as, as much as I could. My best one of my one of my very good friends is a huge huge Spider-Man like fan. That's like his favorite, um, and he hasn't watched it either. Because for the same reason, he just doesn't want it uh, anything spoiled for him. It is, um, I will. It is one of the best trailers I've ever watched. I was blown away. The the Spider Man No Way Home official account tweeting out uh, because the trailer leaked the right. day before. I had seen somebody filmed it on a phone from a phone, like not the way you typically watch a video on a phone either. And um, the No Way Home account being hilarious tweeting out shout out to the real ones watching the trailer for the first time right now um i haven't seen the first two tom holland spider-man movies. oh they're great they i've heard great one they, of, those are just marvel movies that i would like rewatch. two of like the six marvel movies that i have never seen so i will definitely be watching them in the near future but like this movie like with all the hype and hubbub around like what they're trying to do um you know with the multiverse and everything it got me thinking, you know, if they, if they end up bringing back characters from the past, the the ultimate, like, villain arc of Spider-Man is the Sinister Six. Who, I figure we, we'd compile our own Sinister Six of Philadelphia sports villains. <laughs> and uh, it, it just made sense to me with the No Way Home trailer coming out. So if you had to compile, we'll do it like draft style. Um the Sinister Six of Philadelphia sports. Uh, is Scott Stevens number one? <laughs> He's got to be up there, right? I mean, He's Jesus got, yeah. Christ. Who else is... I'm trying to think of like guys that just randomly... Absol- Who's that one uh, Atlanta Brave that always kills us? Jeff Francoeur. Yeah. Who ended up becoming <laughs> Philadelphia Philly for a short time. Yeah. Always used to get... And even like Freddie Freeman, who yeah. kills a lot of people, but... Uh, seems to always like he bats. I think he's like bats like three ninety against yeah. his career. Like Scott Stevens has got to be Scott up there. Scott Stevens is a good one. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Don't like saying that, but it's true. Trey Young, I guess now. Which Trey wh- Young looks like a new age Spider Man like villain. Like he looks like he might actually like he he's is very into the Spider Verse to me. <laughs> I, I can't quite say say why, but he just feels like he jumped out of that movie into real life. Scott Stevens, Kawhi. Hmm. We need we need a football guy. Yeah. I mean, I would have said Brady, but we Slayed kind of avenged that, that. But I mean, that's what Spider Man does too, you know. Like Rondé Barber. Rondé Barber from two thousand two in Tampa Definitely. Bay, closing down the vet. Not a great memory there. Not at all. Not a great memory. This is tough. I'm trying to. Th- think uh pick a cardinal maybe or a giant yeah. tim lincecum tim lincecum man is Big it time or, timmy jim is it lincecum or is it brian wills lincecum i think lincecum yeah. is more unanimous from that era yeah brian wilson only got the hype because of the beard yeah like that was it because they both had really funny uh sports center commercials yes tim lincecum was it's just Big the time freak timmy jims Big time timmy jims and then Brian Wilson was the uh, the beard, like, turning into an octopus. Yes. 
Yes, yeah, so we got Scott Stevens, Kawhi, Tim Lincecum, Rondé Barber. Is there anybody in, in Union lore? Tough to say, like, one specific player that has just uh, killed you over the years. They don't have the, the long-standing history and the deep cuts like some of these other teams have <laughs> given you exactly, so tough to say. Trying to think if there's anybody else, like football or baseball wise. I mean, I would have said it until he started to come back. Jason Worth for the the heel turn, but then definitely has fully come back on board with Phillies Nation and helped get Bryce Harper here. So I, I think Juan Soto's trending that way. He has. I think he's like third all time in in visitor home runs at Citizens Bank Park, and he's only been playing for like three years. Um, Sidney Crosby, how did we? Oh God, yes. So so I just googled Philly sports villains. Uh, Eagles, you got Chip Kelly. Nah, cool, eh. not fair. Sixers, the Colangelos. Oh, they're like the bankrollers of the yeah. uh, the Sinister Six. Joe Carter. Yeah. The '93 World Series. That's okay. Fair enough. It's like a little older, you know, obviously for us, but I could see, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Sidney Crosby, yes, definitely got to be in there. Yeah, so I'll say Scott Stevens, Rondé Barber, Sidney Crosby, Kawhi. Which Colangelo do we include? (laughs) The Rally Squirrel. Do you remember the Rally Squirrel? Yes. Holy God. What a callback. Wow. There are any, like, refs or umpires that we, like, vehemently hate that, like, screw the Sixers in particular? Not that I can, like, think of. Like, no one off, like, there's no one that jumps like, to Tony mind. Tony Brothers, you know? like, does it to everybody. Joe West does it to everybody. J.D. Drew. Ooh. <laughs> Self-inflicted. Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland was one that, as soon as you said J.D. Drew, Scott Rowland popped in my head. David, was David Wright, like, I don't think David Philly's killer? But, like, the thing is, like, it was never in a big moment. Yeah. You know? Like, they, that's... They choked. I, I, think, I think we got some good ones now. I think we Scott got... Scott Stevens, Kawhi, Rondé Barber, Sidney Crosby, Colangelo's... And uh, Joe Buck. <laughs> but see, Joe Buck has some great Phillies calls. That... I know. Terry Francona. Why do we hate Terry Francona? I guess because he was bad with the Phillies and then went on to uh, win the Red Sox World Series. He called us guinea pigs? I don't remember that. I mean, Tito was a little before. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I was like, really have any negative feelings towards Terry Francona. Bobby Abreu. No way. Come on. This is a bad list. Yes, we'll go. Ronde Kawhi. 
Colangelo's, Sidney Crosby. And I think we need a baseball one. I think for baseball, Joe Carter might be it. I know it's before our time, but like it's, yeah. it's hard to tell. Oh, no, we said Lincecum. Lincecum, yeah. Tim Lincecum. There you go. There it is. So the Philadelphia Sports Sinister Six. Rondé Barber, Kawhi Leonard, the Colangelos, both Jerry and Brian. Uh, Sidney Crosby, Tim Lincecum. Don't like, don't like really listening to that list, if I'm being honest. Not at you. all. You know? And I guess our Spider-Man would be uh, Joel Embiid. Uh, if we go eras, I, it's like Joel, Chase Utley, <laughs> and uh, Brian Dawkins. <laughs> Brian Dawkins is a good one. Even though he's Wolverine. <laughs> I'm now looking up uh, biggest sports villains overall. Oh, boy. This is a tough one. Uh, Clay Bennett, David Stern, and Howard Schultz versus Seattle. <laughs> Yikes. This one's hilarious. Richard Sherman versus San Francisco 49ers. That's this, a great one. This is an one. article written in uh, 2015. That's so great. Some of this is, is really locked in time. Josh Hamilton versus the Los Angeles Angels. Ooh. Remember that. Saban versus LSU. Sidney Crosby versus, versus Flyers on here. Good for them. T.O. Mm. versus the Eagles. <laughs> Even though I'm like Team T.O. now. A.J. Pruszynski. <laughs> he is horrible in the broadcast booth. Not a great, not a great, not a great list, ESPN. Sorry to say. Well, that was interesting, though. Yeah. I'm excited for that movie. It's going to be really good. I'm I'm super pumped for it. Um, but I think that's all we got for you guys. So make sure you are following us on social media at Underground PHI, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina because uh, certain soccer podcast is making his way back. We uh, Many people are saying. Many people are saying the first spinoff franchise in Underground Sports history is making its way back from the dead. Uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Make sure you guys check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews to let us know how you're feeling about these sports teams right now, how you're feeling about the Milk Crate Challenge, all that good stuff. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. Next week we'll be back with another uh, play pickup prop for you guys. And uh, you can also uh, be a friend, tell a friend, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever it may be, you can subscribe there. Follow the Twitch channel. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, I, I ended up on a, on an article, the funniest, coolest names in Philly sports history. Uh, there was a Phillies catcher in 1912 called Peaches Graham. <laughs> and there's a right fielder in 1955 called Peanuts Lowry. These were not real people. That's not. There's no way. Okay, Lil Stoner, a pitcher for the Phillies in 1931. <laughs> Come on. Possum Witted, 
Left no fielder way. from 1950-19. Dick Whitman, center fielder from 1950-1951. That is Don Draper from Mad Men's <laughs> real name. He's Dick Whitman. Come on. There's just no way. You've got to be joking me. Stuffy McInnes, first baseman from 1920. These are all all the players that when you're playing Madden and doing the draft for the first time as the GM, these are the players that show up. Klondike Douglas, 1898-1904. Pickles Dillhofer, catcher from 1918. Where Dill Pickles came from. Putsy Caballero, third baseman from the 40s and early 50s. Boom Boom Beck, pitcher from 1939 to 1943. That's a Black Eyed Peas song. Grover Cleveland Alexander. I knew that one. He was actually really good. Well, when you're named after multiple presidents, <laughs> you better be. Rags Faircloth. That's a great name. God, nothing. Like Broadway Jones. What an amazing name. Imagine being named Shadow Pile. Shadow Pile, pitcher from 1884. All right, continue. That's amazing. Tuck Stainback. It's hilarious because we just did our National Lacrosse League uh, draft prep where me and DJ know three of the players in this draft. So we did our all-name team draft, and uh, there's a guy in the NLL draft this year. His name is Nash Moog. That's a great name. (laughs) That's... An incredible list. The Klondike one is fantastic. I'm trying to remember this. I got to remember this name now. Cannonball Titcomb. <laughs> Klondike Douglas. That's Klondike a great name. Douglas. Kiddo Davis. Really, ever like I'm just I'm not even picking the best ones. I'm pretty much just reading it. Choo Choo Coleman. Peaches Graham, I Peaches think, Graham is, is, is it great. for me, though. I mean, come on. Peaches Graham. Peaches Graham and Klondike Douglas might take the cake. Lil Stoner definitely Lil will. Lil Stoner's great. I, there's a Saints wide receiver's name is Lil Jordan. That's his first name. That is all. I need to find it because I was like, I love this guy. I just hate that he's on the Saints. Lil Jordan Humphrey. Love to see it. And it's L-I-L apostrophe Jordan Humphrey. Amazing. Well, it's been a time, hasn't it? That's what you get when you follow us on twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi. Uh, make sure you follow the channel. We are 14 followers away from 300. And uh, I don't know if he's coming up next, but Steven Schneider doing the damn thing is the best digital golfer on the planet. And uh, thank you to our sponsors who make the absolutely wild shenanigans on this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Our friends at Tomahawk Shades. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use our promo code USP to get 25% off your order at checkout. Stateside Urban Crap Vodka. Get the Vodka Soda Party Pack now back in stock. StatesideVodka.com. You got to be 21 or older to purchase. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And Kenwood Beer. Use the Kenny Tracker at KenwoodBeer.com to see who has Kenwood beer on tap. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. This has been episode number 354 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. We're going to go watch more Milk Crate Challenge videos. And until next time, guys, we are signing off. Peace. Peace.